0: CHAPTER 6 AN EXHORTATION TO GODLINESS Those who are still in their natural condition, who have never yet savored any sweetness in the things of God, let me beseech them with the heart of Christ to labor to get these characteristics of the godly engraved upon their hearts. Although godliness is the object of the world's scorn and hatred, as in Tertullian's days, when it was a crime to have the name of a Christian. Yet, do not be ashamed to embrace godliness. Know that persecuted godliness is better than prosperous wickedness. What will all the world benefit anyone without godliness? To be educated and ungodly is like a devil transformed into an angel of light. To be beautiful and ungodly is like a lovely picture hung in a contaminated room. To be honorable in the world and ungodly is like an ape clothed in a purple robe or like that image that had a head of gold on feet of clay. Daniel 2, 32-33 It is godliness that elevates and consecrates the heart, making God and angels fall in love with it. Labor for the reality of godliness. Do not rest in a basic understanding of God's Spirit. Do not think that it is enough to be intelligent and discursive. A person may discuss Christianity to the admiration of others, yet not feel the sweetness of those things in his own soul. The lute gives a melodious sound to others but does not at all feel the sound itself. Judas could make an elegant discourse about Christ, but did not feel virtue from him. Do not be content having your affections stirred a little. A hypocrite may have affections of sorrow like Ahab, or affections of desire like Balaam. These are minor and pretentious, and do not amount to real godliness. Oh, labor to be like the king's daughter, all glorious within. Psalm 45:13. In order to try to convince people to become godly, I will offer some strong motives and arguments. May the Lord make them as nails fastened by His Spirit. Let people seriously weigh their misery while they remain in a state of ungodliness. Considering their misery may make people run out of this Sodom. The misery of ungodly people appears in nine points. 1. They are in a state of death. They are dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2.1 Those who are cut off from Christ, who is the principle of life, must certainly be dead. For just as the body without the soul is dead, so the soul without Christ is dead. This spiritual death is visible in the effect. It deprives people of their senses. Sinners have no sense of God in them, who being past feeling. Ephesians 4, 19 All their moral powers are only flowers strewn on a dead corpse. And what is hell but a sepulcher in which to bury the dead? 2. Their offerings are polluted. Not only the plowing, but also the praying of the wicked is sin. The plowing of the wicked is sin. Proverbs 21, 4. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 15, 8. If the water is polluted in the well, it cannot be clean in the bucket. If the heart is full of sin, the duties cannot be pure. What a difficult situation every ungodly person is in. If he does not come to the ordinance, he is showing contempt for it. If he does come, he defiles it. 3. Those who live and die ungodly have no right to the covenant of grace at that time ye were without christ strangers from the covenants of promise ephesians 2:12 to be without covenant is to be like one in the old world without an ark the covenant is the gospel charter which is enriched with many glorious privileges but who may plead the benefit of this covenant surely only those whose hearts are inlaid with grace. Read the Charter. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will be your God. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six and 28. A person dying in his ungodliness has no more to do with the new covenant than a plowman has to do with the benefits of a merchant's guild. God's writing always comes before his seal. Ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Second Corinthians three three This is a golden epistle the writing is the work of faith the heart is the tablet upon which it is written the finger that writes it is the spirit after the spirit writes he then seals after that ye believed ye were sealed with the holy spirit of promise ephesians 1:13 that is you were sealed with an assurance of glory what do the ungodly Who have not been written upon have to do with the seal of the covenant. 1. The ungodly are spiritual fools. I said unto the fools, Deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, Lift not up the horn. Psalm 73 4. If a parent had a child who was very beautiful, but a fool, he would take little joy in her. The Bible has dressed the sinner in a fool's coat. And let me tell you that it is better to be a fool void of reason than a fool void of grace. This is the devil's fool. Fools make a mock at sin. Proverbs fourteen nine. Is not that person a fool who refuses a rich portion? God offers Christ and salvation but the sinner refuses this portion. Israel would none of me. Psalm 81, 11 Is not that person a fool who prefers an annuity to an inheritance? Is not that person a fool who manages his earthly portion, but neglects his heavenly portion? Just as if a person would paint the walls of his house and let the timber rot, is not that person a fool who will feed the devil with his soul, like the emperor who fed his lion with pheasant? Is not he a fool who lays a snare for himself? Proverbs 1.18 Who consults his own shame? Habakkuk 2.10 And who loves death? Proverbs 8.36 2. The ungodly are wicked people. I will make thy grave, for thou art vile. Nahum 1:14. Sin makes people contemptible. It stains their name. It poisons their blood. They are all together become filthy. Psalm 14:3. In Hebrew, it is, they have become stinking. No matter how bad a name you call wicked people. You cannot call them worse than their name deserves. They are swine, Matthew seven six; vipers, Matthew three seven; and devils, John six seventy. The wicked are dross and refuse, Psalm 119, 119. and heaven is too pure to have any dross mingled with it. Three. Their earthly mercies are continued in judgment. The wicked may have health and wealth even more than heart could wish psalm seventy three seven But their table is a snare psalm sixty nine twenty two Sinners have their mercies with God's consent, but not with his love. The people of Israel would have been better without their quail than to have had such bitter sauce. The ungodly are usurpers. They lack a spiritual title to what they possess. Their good things are like possessions bought on credit that are not paid for. Death will bring a sad reckoning at last. 4. Their earthly judgments are not removed in mercy. Pharaoh had ten arrows, ten plagues, shot at him, and all those plagues were removed but his heart remained hard. Those plagues were not removed in mercy. It was not a preservation, but a reservation and a display of God's power. God may deliver people's bodies without excusing their sins. The wicked may have sparing mercy, but not saving mercy. 5. While the ungodly live, they are exposed to the wrath of God. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John three thirty six. He who lacks grace is like someone who lacks a pardon. He is in fear of execution every hour. How can a wicked person rejoice? The sword of God's justice hangs over his head and the fire of hell burns under him. 6. At death, the ungodly must endure God's fury and indignation. The wicked shall be turned into hell. Psalm 9.17 I have read of a magnetic lodestone in Ethiopia that has two corners. With one, it attracts iron, and with the other, it repels it. In the same way God has two hands one of mercy and one of justice with the one he will draw the godly to heaven and with the other he will thrust the sinner to hell oh how dreadful that place is it is called a lake of fire revelation 20:15 it is called a lake to indicate the many torments in hell and it is called a lake of fire To indicate their fierceness, fire is the most torturing element. In his book on geography, Strabo mentions a lake in Galilee of such a disturbing nature that it scalds off the skin of whatever is thrown into it. However, that lake is cool compared with this fiery lake into which the damned are thrown. To demonstrate that this fire is terrible, there are two most detrimental qualities in it. It is sulfurous. It is mixed with brimstone. Revelation 21, 8, which is nauseating and suffocating. It is inextinguishable. The wicked will be choked in the flames, though not consumed. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever revelation 20:10 see the miserable condition of all ungodly people in the other world they will have a life that always dies and a death that always lives may this not frighten people out of their sins and make them become godly unless they are resolved to try how hot hellfire is! What rare people the godly are! The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. Proverbs 12:26. As the flower of the sun, as the wine of Lebanon, and as the sparkling upon Aaron's breastplate, such is the radiant splendor of a person adorned with godliness. The excellence of the godly appears in seven points. 1. The godly are precious. Therefore, they are set apart for God. Know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. Psalm 4 3. We set apart things that are precious. The godly are set apart as God's peculiar treasure. Psalm 135 4 as his Garden of Delight, Song of Solomon, 4.12, and as his Royal Diadem, Isaiah 62.3. The godly are the excellent of the earth, Psalm 16.3. They are comparable to fine gold, Lamentations 4.2. They are doubly refined, Zechariah 13.9. They are the glory of creation, Isaiah 46:13 Origin compares the saints to sapphires and crystal. God calls them jewels. Malachi 3:17 They are jewels for their value. Pliny said that diamonds were not known for a long time except among princes, and they were fastened upon their crowns. God so values his people that he will give kingdoms for their ransom. Isaiah 43:3 He offered his best jewel as security for them. John 3:16 For their luster if one pearl of grace one of your graces shines so brightly that it delights Christ's heart then how illustrious are all the graces together in a constellation thou hast ravished my heart with one of thine eyes song of solomon 4:9 2 the godly are honorable thou hast been honorable isaiah 43:4 the godly are a crown of glory in the hand of the lord isaiah 62:3 they are plants of renown ezekiel 16:14 They are not only vessels of mercy, but they are also vessels of honor. 2 Timothy 2.21 Aristotle called honor the main good thing. The godly are closely allied to the blessed trinity. They have the protection and guardianship of angels. They have God's name written upon them. Revelation 3.12 and the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. 2 Timothy 1.14 The godly are a sacred priesthood. The priesthood under the law was honorable. The king's daughter was wife to Jehoiada, the priest. Second 2 Chronicles 22.11 It was a custom among the Egyptians to have their kings chosen from their priests the saints are a divine priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices 1 peter 2:9 they are joint heirs with christ romans 8:17 they are kings revelation 1:6 Noverinus told of an ancient king who invited a company of poor christians and made them a great feast on being asked Why he showed so much respect to people of such lowly birth and ancestry, he told them, I must honor them as the children of the Most High God. They will be kings and princes with me in another world. In some sense, the godly are higher than the angels. The angels are Christ's friends, but the godly are his spouse. The angels are called morning stars. Job 38.7 But the saints are clothed with the sun of righteousness. Malachi 4.2 and Revelation 12.1 John Chrysostom said that all people are ambitious of honor. Behold then the honor of the godly. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, exalt her, and she shall promote thee, she shall bring thee to honor, when thou dost embrace her. Proverbs 4, 7-8 The trophies of the saints' renown will be displayed in another world. 3. The Godly are beloved by God. The Excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. Psalm 47, 4 a holy heart is the garden in which God plants the flower of His love. God's love to His people is an ancient love. It dates from eternity, Ephesians 1, 4. He loves them with an excellent, distinguishing love. They are the dearly beloved of His soul, Jeremiah 12:7. The men of the world have blessings dropping from God's fingers but the godly have love dropping from God's heart. He gives to one a golden cup and gives to the other a golden kiss. He loves the godly as he loves Christ. John seventeen twenty It is love of the same kind, though not in the same degree. Here the saints merely sip God's love, but in heaven they will drink of rivers of pleasure. Psalm 36, 8 This love of God is permanent. Death may take away their lives from them, but it cannot take away God's love. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31, 3 4. The godly are prudent people. They have good insight and good foresight. The godly have good insight. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. 1 Corinthians 2.13 The godly have insight into both people and things. They have insight into people. They have the anointing of God, and by a spirit of discerning, they can see some differences between the precious and the vile. Jeremiah 15.19 God's people are not accusatory but they are discerning. They can recognize an impure heart through observing immodest clothing and vanity. They can see a revengeful spirit when they hear a bitter tongue. They can guess at the tree by the fruit. Matthew 12, 33. They can see the signs of sin appearing in the wicked, which makes them leave the tents of those sinners. Numbers 16, 26 The godly have insight into things mysterious. They can see much of the mystery of their own hearts. Even the greatest politician who understands the mysteries of state still does not understand the mystery of his own heart. You will sometimes hear him declare that his heart is good, but a child of God sees much corruption in the heart. 1 Kings 8.38 Although some flowers of grace grow there, yet he sees how fast the weeds of sin grow, and therefore is continually weeding his heart by repentance and self-denial. The godly can discern the mystery of the times. The children of Issachar were men that had understanding of the times. 1 Chronicles 12.32 the godly can see when a generation and a culture has become corrupt, when God's name is dishonored, His messengers despised, and His gospel eclipsed. The people of God strive to keep their garments pure. Revelation 16, 15 Their care is that the times may not be any worse because of them, nor they any worse because of the times the godly understand the mystery of living by faith the just shall live by faith hebrews 10:38 they can trust god when they cannot see him they can get comfort out of a promise just as moses got water out of the rock exodus 17:6 although the fig tree shall not blossom yet i will rejoice in the lord habakkuk 3 17-18. The godly have good foresight. They foresee the evil of a temptation. We are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2.11. The wicked swallow temptations like pills, and when it is too late, they feel these pills grip their conscience. But the godly foresee a temptation and will not go near it, They see a snake under the green grass. They know that Satan's kindness is deceptive. He does as Jephthah's daughter. He brings out the tambourine and dances before men with a temptation, and then brings them very low. Judges 11.35 The godly foresee worldly danger. A prudent man foreseeth the evil, and hideth himself. Proverbs 22.3 The people of God see when the cloud of wrath is ready to drop on a nation, and they enter into their chambers, Isaiah 26.20, the attributes and promises of God, and into the clefts of the rocks, the bleeding wounds of Christ, and hide themselves. They may therefore rightly be named in the same category as the wise virgins. Matthew 25. 1-13. 1-13. to 13. 5. The godly are the fortress of a nation. My father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. Second Kings 2.12. The godly are the pillars to keep a city and nation from falling. They hold off judgment from a land. It was said of old that as long as Hector lived, Troy could not be demolished. God could do nothing to Sodom until Lot had gone out of it. Genesis 19.22 Godly Christians are brazen walls. We would soon see the Lord's wrath and judgment in the world if it were not for the sake of a few true Christians. We wonder if God would preserve the world only for drunkards and swearers. He would quickly sink the ship of church and state if not for the fact that some of his elect are in it. Yet such is the recklessness of some people that they endure the saints and count as burdens those who are the main blessings. Isaiah 19.24 6. The godly are of a brave, heroic spirit. My servant Caleb, because he had another spirit. Numbers 14.24 An excellent spirit was found in Daniel. Daniel 5.12 The godly hate that which is sinful and impure. They will not enrich their bank accounts by enslaving their consciences. They are noble and courageous in God's cause. The righteous are bold as a lion. Proverbs 28.1 The saints live appropriately according to their high birth. They breathe after God's love. They aspire after glory. They set their feet where worldly people set their hearts. They display the banner of the gospel, lifting up Christ's name and interest in the world. 7. The godly are happy people. King Baalik wanted to curse the people of God, but the Lord would not allow it. God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Numbers 22.12 Moses later recorded it as a memorable thing that God turned the king's intended curse into a blessing. The Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee. Deuteronomy 23.3 Those who are always on the strongest side Will necessarily be happy. The Lord is on my side. Psalm 118 6. They are happy who have all conditions blessed to them. Romans 8:28, who are crowned with peace while they live. Psalm 119, 165, and with glory when they die. Psalm 73, 24. May this not tempt everyone to become godly? Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord. Deuteronomy 33:29. To strive after godliness is most rational. To strive after godliness is the highest act of reason for a person who desires to become different. If while he remains in nature's soil, he is poisoned with sin, no more actually fit for communion with God than a toad is fit to be made an angel, then it is very consistent with reason that he should endeavor after a change. To strive after godliness is rational because this change is for the better. Now are ye light in the Lord, Ephesians 5, 8. Will not anyone be willing to exchange a dark prison for a king's palace? Will he not exchange his brass for gold? You who become godly change for the better. You change your pride for humility and your uncleanness for holiness. You change a lust that will doom you for a Christ who will save you. If people were not so foolish and stupid, if their fall had not knocked their brains out, they would see that it is the most rational thing in the world to become godly. The Excellence of Godliness Godliness is our spiritual beauty, the beauties of holiness. Psalm 110, 3 Godliness is to the soul as the light is to the world. To illustrate and adorn it. It is not greatness that sets us off in God's eye, but goodness. What is the beauty of the angels but their sanctity? Godliness is the intricate embroidery and workmanship of the Holy Spirit. A soul furnished with godliness is adorned with beauty and covered with purity. This is the clothing of wrought gold that makes the king of heaven fall in love with us psalm 45:13 if there were no excellence in holiness the hypocrite would never try to paint it godliness sheds a glory and luster on the saints what are the graces but the golden feathers in which christ's dove shines psalm 68:13 godliness is our defense Grace is called the armor of light. Romans 13:12. It is light for beauty and armor for defense. A Christian has armor of God's making that cannot be shot through. He has the shield of faith, the helmet of hope, and the breastplate of righteousness. This is proven armor that defends against the assaults of temptation and the terror of hell. Godliness breeds solid peace. Great peace have they which love thy law. Psalm 119:165. Godliness composes the heart, making it quiet and calm, like the upper region where there are no winds and tempests. How can that heart be troubled and uneasy where the prince of peace dwells? Christ in you. Colossians 1:27. A holy heart may be compared to the doors of Solomon's temple, which were made of olive wood and carved with open flowers. 1 Kings 6.32 The olive branch of peace and the open flowers of joy are in that heart. Godliness does not destroy a Christian's cheer, but refines it. His rose is without thorns, and his wine is without broth. He who is a favorite of heaven must necessarily be full of joy and peace. He may truly sing a hymn to his soul and say, Soul, take thine ease. Luke 12, 19. King Ptolemy asked someone how he might be at rest when he dreamed. The reply was, Let piety be the scope of all your actions. If anyone would ask me, how he could be at rest when he is awake, I would give a similar answer. Let his soul be inlaid with godliness. Godliness is the best trade we can engage in. It brings profit. Wicked people say, it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it? Malachi 3.14 Certainly there is no profit in sin. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing. Proverbs 10.2. However, godliness is profitable. 1 Timothy 4.8. It is like digging in a gold mine, where there is gain as well as toil. Godliness makes God Himself our portion. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. Psalm 16.5. If God is our portion, all our estate lies in jewels. Where God gives himself, he gives everything else. Whoever has the manor has all the royalties belonging to it. God is a portion that can be neither spent nor lost. Psalm 73, 26. We see, then, that godliness is a thriving trade. As godliness brings profit with it, so it is profitable unto all things. 1 Timothy 4.8 What else besides godliness is this way? Food will not give a person wisdom, gold will not give him health, and honor will not give him beauty, but godliness is useful for all things. It shields us from all troubles, it supplies all needs, and it makes soul and body completely happy. Godliness is an enduring substance. Its leaf never falls. All worldly delights have a death's head set on them. They are only shadows, and they are fleeting. Earthly comforts are like Paul's friends who took him to the ship and left him there. Acts twenty thirty-eight. In the same way, These earthly comforts will bring a person to his grave and then take their farewell. Godliness, however, is a possession we cannot be robbed of. It runs parallel with eternity. Force cannot weaken it and age cannot wither it. It courageously faces sufferings. It outlives death. Proverbs 10.2 Death may pluck the stalk of the body. But the flower of grace is not hurt. Godliness is so excellent that the worst people would like to have it when they are leaving this world. Although godliness is now despised and under a cloud, yet at death all would like to be godly. A philosopher asked a young man whether he would like to be rich Croesus or virtuous Socrates. He answered, That he would like to live with Croesus and die with Socrates. In the same way, people would like to live with the wicked in pleasure, but die with the godly. Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. Numbers 23 10 If then godliness is so desirable at death, why would we not pursue it now? Godliness is as needful now and would be more attainable. There are not many godly people. Godly people are as gleanings after the grape harvest. Most people will receive the mark of the beast. Revelation 13:17. The devil keeps open house for all who come to him, and he is never without guests. This may prevail with us to be godly. If the number of the saints is so small, how we should labor to be found among these pearls. A remnant shall be saved. Romans 9.27. It is better to go to heaven with a few than to go to hell in the crowd. Consider how vain and contemptible other things are about which people who lack godliness busy themselves. People are absorbed with the things of this life. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? Ecclesiastes 5.16 Can the wind fill? What is gold except dust? Amos 2.7 Which will sooner choke than satisfy? Pull off the mask of the most beautiful thing under the sun and see what is inside there is care and vexation. The greatest care is still to come, and that is to give an account to God. The things of the world are only as a bubble in the water or as a meteor in the air. However, godliness has real worth in it. True honor is to be born of God. True valor is to fight the good fight of faith. True delight is to have joy in the Holy Spirit. Oh, then, embrace godliness. In godliness, reality is to be had, while of other things we may say, they comfort in vain. Zechariah 10.2